Welcome to the Anne Crown Podcast, where we discuss brews, witchcraft, spirituality, and more. We hope through conversation we can continue the trend of the collective awakening or learn something new from ourselves and each other. I need a new line there. Fuck that line, honestly. <laughs> we hope through conversation we can fuck about and find out. <laughs> Fuck that line. It's so repetitive. Maybe you do your one and I'll do my one. No, no, we'll just keep going. Today we're going to drink some tea. tea, tea. And then we're going to talk more to a very knowledgeable German folk witch. So come on in. Welcome to the Antler Crown Podcast. I'm Elwyn, and I am a hedge witch. And I'm Amanda, the Antler Queen, and I am so very excited to be speaking to the amazingly wonderful German folk practitioner. A half witch. Yay! Yay! <laughs> what began your practice into witchcraft? Oh, you know, I don't know that... It's kind of a funny question because it's like, I don't ever feel like witchcraft has been like a conscious choice. I feel like it's always just been something that I've done. Um, so I remember being drawn to it pretty much as early as I can remember. Um, I have no cognizant memory of being like, I want to be like that lady, you know, looking at like a witch trial burning or anything. I'm like, yeah, for sure. That's the path I want to lead. But like, (laughs) you know, it was just something that it just, it was just me. It just felt like it was, Oh yeah, that's what I do. That's what I like. Um, and so from the moment that I learned what it was and was introduced to it, you know, it was something that I felt called to and felt like it was a part of me. And so I didn't really actively start pursuing witchcraft until I was probably 15. Um, or excuse me, not 15. In 2015. No, I was older than that. But um, I was, you know what? I feel like before that, it was sort of like off and on dabbling. And so I grew up in the Christian church. And so, of course, that came with a lot of, you know, certain religious ramifications of like, you're going to go to hell. And like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Um, and so it was a lot of like off and on. You know, my first spell was like a, it was like an interaction with a land spirit. It was like this uh, spirit that I'd had. It was definitely local. Um Whenever I was, I think I was, I was 11. So I think I was in like the fifth grade or so. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was like the first spell that I had done. Um, And it was before I'd really, you know, read any witchcraft books or anything like that. And so that's when I started kind of getting more actively into it and diving deep was in 2015, where I started to read witchcraft books. Um, Tumblr was big back in that, back in that (laughs) day. So I was, I was in the era of Tumblr witchcraft. So that Mm. was fun which was a shit show. Um, not as bad as witch talk, but was, was still a little interesting. And so I got into witchcraft, like heavily into the, like the, like astrology and like crystals and like amethyst is going to cure cancer and all that shit, you know? And so it was just like, but I never subscribed to any of that. And so it was always just sort of disheartening to read things. Cause it was like, I'd always connected more to, um, you know, different aspects of nature and different aspects of like, I don't know, just like that spiritual connection that you can feel between a person sort of feeling that way between places and feeling it in different of a place and in a place, if that makes sense. Um, And so upon, you know, getting invested in like, you know, witchcraft online in 2015 and seeing what other people were doing, it was like, well, this is, this is horseshit. I hate this. Mm -hmm. And so then it was again, sort of like, kind of like this period of self-reflection, I guess, and having to dive deep and slowly I started finding folk magic. And that's kind of when I started on like the path that I'm on today in a more recognizable form, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. So yeah. that was my personal trajectory. Into nice. Which- nice. And now you're here in Wichita. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Welcome. One, this- one shit show to another. <laughs> 
I'll have more one. Yeah. Which is pertaining to Witch Talk. Probably. Yeah. Um, what is the biggest thing you've learned from Witch Talk community? And what has your experience been like? How have, your, uh, how have you been handling trolls or negativity and things like that, et cetera? I've learned a lot of shocking things. Um, a lot of not so pleasant things. I think that, I think if anything, the, the biggest lesson I feel like that continues to come up for me every time I log into my phone and I get onto witch talk, it's just, it's this incredible need for humans to have an identity in something and, and for a sense of people to have a sense of belonging. And so I, I'm always seeing videos of like, Oh, I'm into, um, green witchcraft or i'm a death witch or you know all these different various labels and not that any of those are invalid you know i'm not gonna sit here and say you know you're an idiot or whatever just because it's not my personal path Mm -hmm. but i feel like every time i log into witch talk and it's very similar to any time i log into any online witchcraft space it's this impressing need for people it seems to want to identify with something instead of identifying with literally their own background and their own life and experiences and the nature around them. And it's like, it, 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 sometimes it feels like a show. And so it's, I, I learned a lot of, I don't know, an interesting psychological lessons. I feel like when I'm on um, witch talk, but the more positive things I think that I've learned, um, I've definitely been able to have opportunities to get to witness um, people's cultural and bloodline practices. And that's such a fucking treat. I love that. Um you know, just I'm so fascinated with the ways that other people perceive the world around them and their own individual experiences and the experiences that they've shared within a certain collective that is so beautiful and fascinating to get to see and experience in ways that we never would if we didn't have the internet. Mm-hmm. And that's been, I mean, that's just a fucking treat every single day. And I've, I've met a lot of amazing friends that way too. You know, I've, one of my close friends now is a Korean shaman. You know, in what world would I have ever met a <laughs> Korean shaman without the internet? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I'm just incredibly fucking grateful for stuff like that. So um, that's, you know, the more positive part of what I've learned. Um, and which talk is notorious for negativity um, mm-hmm. and some just heinous batshit logic. You know, it's definitely not <laughs> void of any of that shit. Um which <laughs> that's when I have to put my phone down and I just walk away. Cause it's like, I can't even begin to map mentally wrap my mind around the fact that whatever, you know, take your pick, I guess. But, and so for that, I, it doesn't phase me too much. It phases me in the sense where I have to like put my phone down and, or say to my partner, look at the shit I just saw, you know, and just get that cathartic release and get it out of my system. But yeah. like sometimes the negativity, that I try to more so focus on is like the negativity within the particular like communities that I'm in um, for better or worse. Right. And so being a German folk practitioner, you can imagine the type of bullshit that comes along with that and various uh, historical, you know, rewrites of certain narratives that people want to push, you know, about like, Oh yeah. Germans have been doing this forever. I'm like, Germany wasn't a fucking country until like 1945. So what are you even talking about? Mm -hmm. So no, Germans have not been doing that for 2000 years. Germanic people might've been doing that, but you know, Mm -hmm. so that's always fun, but that's, that's the the negativity that I try to focus on because it's, it's, it's more tangible for me to deal with Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, you can't, you can't pick and win every battle. Right. And so I think that the forms of negativity that I try to address specifically are ones that my community has perpetuated Mm -hmm. and ones that my community still deals with, um, and the ways that they affect other people. And so it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what I try to focus on. Nice. Yeah. I think that's, um, the internet has made a great thing for folk witchcraft in general. Yes. Um, because I, I was actually talking to someone about this the other day in the way of um, in the 90s, if you wanted to learn anything about magic on the internet, mm. you'd get Wicca. Probably yes. Wicca. Yes. Yes. Um, and that was it. But it yeah. facilitated Wicca in the 90s. There was just so much of it. And you see it in Hollywood, you see it in films. and. Mm-hmm. And now it's coming to this point where people are looking for other things. Yes. And they may have even started with Wicca. Yes. They're also 
is branching out and it's becoming mm-hmm. much more accessible mm-hmm. to a point that some form of folk practices were almost almost but forgotten. Um, they may have been carried on, but like mm-hmm. for instance, some of my th- the things that I was taught, they're then they're not even things that I thought anyone would want to know about. Right. <laughs> right. No, and it's amazing how yeah. starved people are in that way, in that respect. I think that that you know, again, I I have my personal opinions about things and I don't want to make broad sweeping statements to say that, you know, everybody who's into Wicca is an idiot. So I don't want to say <laughs> that. But like, you know, but Wicca as a practice is so incredibly, you know what I mean? It's just crap. Just crap. It's just when you get into the bare bones of it, it's just it's appropriation from pretty much every culture that you can possibly imagine. It's a bunch of horseshit that Gerald Gardner pulled from Margaret Murray and exploited up to the nth degree. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I, it's definitely like a, it's like a gateway drug, but like (laughs) just, it leads to the harder stuff. Um, And so it's, I think that it's helpful in that respect, but I do think that it's, it's so beneficial for having these online spaces for people who want to get into that. And then they don't have to just stop at Wicca and think, okay, whatever, I guess this is it. And I think that it's incredible too. This is one of the things that I just get really passionate about because I think that if we are honest with ourselves, I think that a lot of our practices are dying if they're not dead already. How many people, I mean, I have to argue with people online every single day who live in Germany are like, well, I've never heard of that. I'm like, Oh, really interesting. You're the forefront of the entire German experience. You as an individual, were, were you nominated by your by the prime minister? That's amazing. You're the sole representative for German culture. I can't believe you haven't heard of this. You know, so it's just ridiculous the amount of people that want to argue with certain things. And it's like, yes, you haven't heard of this because it's dying. It's dead. It's 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 leaving because of various reasons, whether people wanted to willingly give it up or if they didn't, you know, if it was stripped or modified or whatever. And so particularly in Germany, you know, Germany had a heinous amount of witch trials. And so there's a lot of folk practices that likely would have still existed today had certain things not been hammered out and stamped out back in the, you know, 14, 1500s. So it's, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, and then even beyond that, um, we have in Germany, the, you know, Protestantism was formed in Germany, started with good old Martin Luther. And so that also, I mean, that's one of the main reasons that inspired so many witch trials. It's like the Catholics and the Protestants were competing on how many people they could kill. Super Mm -hmm. duper. It was like the Super Bowl, but murder. And then, you know, (laughs) like beyond that, then you had fucking Nazis and then they were, you know, they burned a bunch of occult texts, except they kept the ones that they liked that made Heinrich Himmler get his jollies off apparently so you know it's just shit right it fucking pisses me off with the way that some of these things can have gone out in history and the but that's that's where you know the internet's been very redemptive and being able to kindle a lot of this stuff and you find so many people who are so desperate to find some sense of cultural connection particularly in these like folk cultural practices where it's like literally any fucking little thing yeah, they're just starved for it. Like, please tell me, what do I do with this? I'm like, well, okay, you want to know? That's great, awesome. Yeah. I'll tell you, you know. And it's and it's been so cool, you know, learning about it and practicing it and being able to help people with that. Like, that's been like my biggest joy. I think being online, yeah. being able to like help people find that connection and not have be just contained to Wicca or contained to just you know false notions of various you know germanic practices and stuff like that yeah it's definitely i think this it's one of the things i hate about high magic yes in terms of ceremonial and high magic is is this it's classism oh 100 percent 100 percent you know it's racism as well really yeah oh yeah you no know, it's the aristocracy People, yeah these white men yeah. were able to practice magic and not be persecuted by it yeah and the idea is that because they were harnessing, you know, demons and such. Yeah, you know, which, now that's a great spiritual relationship for sure. That's what, who's not going to want to do whatever you want if you've got them in shackles? That's always a great way to start a relationship. That's such, yeah. shit, such yeah. bullshit. There's a great, um, there's a great zine by somebody named Ezra Rose. Um, and they um, are a Jewish artist. Actually, need to double check on that. But their name is Ezra Rose, and they have a zine that they did about the history of anti-Semitism in um, high magic, ceremonial magic, um, 
and aspects of cultism. And it is so fucking good and illuminating. And it talks about the ways that like these Catholic priests who were held above the law, you know, they could do whatever they wanted because they were Catholic priests and they falsely interpreted a lot of notions that existed in Judaism. Um, For example, the way that, um, you know, I'm not Jewish, so absolutely, you know, people go back and cross-reference me. I'm just, you know, trying to remember adequately what Ezra Rose stated, but it was that um, in Judaism, there is certain approaches on how people view, um, like, the relationship between humans and demons, and it's a little bit more, it's a lot different than the relationship that we see in, like, Catholicism. And so it's kind of like this notion that everything has a has a role or a relationship or a purpose sort of thing but uh, high magic i'm not like you know i've said i'm not big on high magic and like summoning people and just to put them into shackles but like i don't know i think i i would consider it to summon crowley and you know like bind him you know that'd be cool maybe i could (laughs) you know i don't know would it be worth it i I like to think maybe bind him to something that would really piss him off oh Oh, a woman um (laughs) a woman I was thinking more like a, oh like a lavender stuffed scented pillow with lace. Yes. On. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, <clears throat> it's not for me. Definitely not. No. For me. I, no. You know, the idea of folk magic is also such a, it's, it's a fluidity almost. Yes. It is, it is magic that is mm-hmm. not, you do not try to like master or shackle it in no. some form. It is simply just you are living in accordance with it. Right. You know. Right. Um, it is closer to something that, you know, isn't in history because it's, mm-hmm. so, you know, that right. we right. had before. Whereas high right. magic is just, it is, that it's just that idea of look at, look at me master and shape mm-hmm. something that is mm-hmm. bigger than me. You know? It's like it's, you know, high, high magician wants to learn how to shackle the world, both seen and unseen. Mm-hmm. And it's like a folk magic practitioner is trying to shackle the parts of themselves that would like to lead into these indulgencies and these self-glorifications and these, you know, disgusting patterns that we see that come out of like the more toxic side of, of humanity. Right. You know, and it's just like, that's not what it's about. And it's like animism, right. Is one of the more pervasive, you know, philosophical, however you want to say that standpoints that's existed, arguably since the dawn of time. And so I know when a lot of people are like, well, I want to reconnect to what my ancestors did. I'm like, well, you need to go to animism, pretty much start there. Right. You don't need to worry about fucking, you know, Oh, my family's from, I don't know, wherever the hell are they were Norse pagan. Like, okay. You don't actually know that for sure. They might, they may have been, they might not have been, but if you want to know pretty confidently what they did, you know, find some semblance of animism and connect with the land and connect with the people and the spirits around you have some semblance of community. Think outside yourself, which I feel like is the, you know, high magic is like the antithesis to that. It's all about not thinking about how you can care for people around you or the world around you. It's thinking about how they can care for you. And I don't, what's what's the joy in that yeah that's we already have that <laughs> but it's, it is that that thing of like high magic and mm-hmm. forms of folk magic yeah the wizard and then the witch yeah and, mm-hmm. and the idea of the wizard living in a tower with all these brass yeah. constructs and, and yeah and, just indulgencies and upon indulgencies yeah exactly it's this just stupid pompous like this pious yeah place. yeah Whereas the witch is is the midwife the right, the healer, which yeah. is among people yep. doing yep. things, you know. Yep. Um, whereas the other ones, like, just leads out the window, it's like, People, I've had an idea, like, yeah, no, like, okay. Yeah. Well, and it's just like, What what are your ideas gonna benefit me? Like, what do you have that you can offer me realistically? Like, that's not like folk magic. Like, it's funny because whenever I talk to people, it's like, you know, a lot of the grimoires that you're going to be reading is going to be about like cows and shit, right? Because like, that's what was important to people. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, but I think that, you know, we can take that frustration and put it aside and look at the bigger, you know, the bigger point, which is that folk magic is for your everyday. It's for the average person. Mm -hmm. It's anybody can start it. Anybody can approach it. You don't have to have these pompous ideas of the self and the world like that, that, you don't need that. You just need to have some kind of sense of humility to approach and figure yeah. out how to manage your day-to-day life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I, I'm a huge fan. I really love Cecil Williamson. Mm-hmm. He was quite yeah. in many ways and he didn't really write much about his own stuff that he did. Uh-huh. He was at one point a friend of Gerald Gardner's. Yeah. And he actually, Gerald Gardner basically hit 
rock bottom at one point. Yeah, yeah. Cottage and gave him a job in the museum where he worked and kind of allowed him to sell his books well. Anyways, I can't remember where this, I think it was in one of like Gemma Gary's books or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had this lamp that he acquired, Cecil Williamson, that had a spirit attached to it. And Gerald Gardner said like, Oh, let's let's call this spirit out. He says, "Well, I've worked with the spirit before. We can do that." He said, "Let me try. Let me do this." He's like, "Okay, fine." So he, Cecil Williams said he he got a he got a knife out. He started waving it about. He said he had robes on, and there was a lot of. <laughs> he said, and all of a sudden, this kind of red lit hooded figure appeared above the lamp, just mm-hmm. behind it, and apparently Gardner just kind of shrieked and ran out of. The- <laughs> I, you know, it was like I don't understand. That's what he wanted to happen. He did it. <laughs> I do feel like Gerald Gardner is probably like if you had to tell like a first time witch. Well, here, what do I need to know about Gerald Gardner? I feel like if you told that story, I'd be like, okay, oh, I have a good insight to this individual's personality now. That's good to know. And his like floppy hair, just like, like yeah. Like, I think he was, like, of the witchcraft community at the yeah. time. I think he was like Dwight Schrute. <laughs> you know that's who i think he was you know that that's really not that bad of an analogy which is funny too because like if you're listening and you have family from pennsylvania and you're like one of those pennsylvania germans dwight shoots dwight schrute's character is actually a. it's not far off frankly really? like, <laughs> it's really not far off like it's i mean it's definitely like a comedic approach it's, it's exaggerated um but at the same time like there's certain aspects within the show where i'm like well, hey, like he dresses up as like Belsnickel one time. And oh, so we're like in like um in continental Germany, you'll have a character who's like Belsnickel. Mm-hmm. And so they're sort of related. Um, but Belsnickel was more like prominent with like um like the faults, um Rhineland. I don't think he was in Saarland, but like Southwest Germany, which is where mm-hmm. most of the Pennsylvania Germans came from. Yeah. And he's sort of sort of it's you know it depends on who you ask and how w- willing they are to you know acknowledge um the folklore's uh relationship with like paganism or whatever but but he is likely the folkloric remnant of the god Voltan and most people know him as Odin yeah. so mm. fun fact but yeah cool. yeah Dwight's actually not a bad representation for German Americans yeah. I mean it's not great we could definitely have better I mean we definitely could have better but um <laughs> Not not the word. Not it's it's accurate. It's it's, it's unfortunately accurate, but yeah. <laughs> I like it. It wouldn't be a show without Dwight, though. To be fair, no, it wouldn't. Absolutely not. I mean, I think like the, the idea of Gardner though as Dwight is is the same with like Dwight talks a big game, but then all of a oh, sudden, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, oh no, no, oh yeah, every time he always wants the boss position. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and he's just. A big, not soft, I guess, sort of like a softy, just gonna fold yeah. and melt under. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so what or who has inspired you in your craft? Oh gosh. Um, so I was thinking about this. Um, I feel like there's like groups of individuals that have inspired me. Um, and then there's like, you know, certain authors that I've been really enjoying lately and they've been inspiring me lately. Um, so like in general, I'm so inspired by any type of like cultural or bloodline practitioner. I just, I, you know, and I said this earlier, I just truly love getting to see that on witch talk and, mm-hmm. and other places online. I just love getting to see people's cultural practices. I just, I think it's so beautiful. I think it's so fascinating how in some ways we're all so different and yet similar. And so um, one thing I've loved is getting to see um, hoodoo practitioners on witch talk. I, I love, the way that, you know, some of my, um, you know, I've got some mutuals on TikTok who are hoodoo practitioners and I just love the way that they approach their craft. And I love the cultural connection that they share. I think it's so beautiful. And I think that like, and then, you know, I mentioned that I got, um, one of my close friends now is a Korean shaman. I love whenever she gets to show bits of her practice and like we kind of go back and forth and she's like, no, I want people to like, inc- this is, this is open. This is such a cool part of my craft. I would love it if people started doing this. And it's just like, 
I really love um, getting to see people who are just in this like well-established tradition. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's always so inspiring to me um, and in no way inspiring in the sense of like, hey, I'm going to steal that, but like inspiring just in the <laughs> sense of like, it's just so beautiful to just see. Mm-hmm. It's just cool because I think that a lot of people um, who have European ancestry, when they investigate those sides of their family and they investigate that cultural you know, concept, it feels like a cultural loss because a lot of people have forgotten those parts, especially when they immigrated to America. And even beyond that, you know, if you, if you ask somebody who lived in Germany today, you know, do you know what Bracha is? Do you know what Bracha is? Like, if, do you know what the, the old ways are? And they would like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm going to go to the discotheque. Like, you know, they don't know what any, like, they don't know what that is. Um, and so it's just, I'm always so inspired by getting, having the blessing and opportunity to get to see people who, um, have these practices that are preserved and they have elders like, God, that's such a fucking cool thing to have elders. Like, you know, right. I don't, I don't really have any that I know of in our craft. I mean, there's a couple of people who I consider like personal elders, but overall, you know, it, it's not something that's like readily available where you can like, you know, contact like a local German practitioner and see if they have an elder who would like be willing to take you on and teach you, you know? So I'm real. I, I consider it an immense privilege to getting to see practices that have that um yeah that's i've always found that super inspiring yeah and then um on like an author level Mm -hmm. um lately i've just been super inspired by um i'm reading um what is it called it's like 13 13 brooms at midnight it's it's by roger horn really Mm -hmm. enjoying that one um roger horn's books always oh 13 gates 13 gates that's what it is yes at midnight fantastic Mm -hmm. Great yeah, book. yeah, I'm reading it now, and I'm I'm real. I just Roger Horn's books always just he's he's oh he just puts it so <laughs> he puts, he puts, he puts it in so the sandwich. Simply. Yes, and it's so <laughs> fucking difficult yeah. finding a witchcraft book for pe- when people don't just they they want to have this like sense of gravitas and yeah. this like mystery about shit, and it's just like shut the fuck up, just tell me what you're talking about. I don't know what you're saying. You want one like, of the worst, worst books for that. We we have a book club, <laughs> uh-huh. and I I someone recommended the book. It was like, oh, you should read this book, and so it was called Letters from the Devil's Forest. Oh boy, by okay. Robin Artisan. Now there are some things in the book that are good. Uh huh. I'll I'll give it that. There is yeah. book that's good. The book itself is like this thing. It's oh like my god! Yeah, eight hundred pages, big book. Yeah. We got most of the way through the book, and we all looked at each other, and we were like, "He's repeating himself," but it's also no. you're getting this sense of, "I have the secrets to something." I hate that shit. I'm not going to tell you. I hate that. That's so obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. And you know what kills me is like from the third person too many times. And I was just like, I'm not, I'm not playing. Oh no. Not third really. person in a witchcraft book is always like, eh, nope. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this yeah. is weird. No, I and like I feel like that type of like lingo or <laughs> jargon lingo, I feel like that gets onto online spaces too. And people start using like these words like colloquial language. And I feel like it's so alienating for people where it's like People are not going to know what the fuck you're talking about, Jane, or whatever you name it. You know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? I do. I am a big fan of Roger Horn. Like, yeah. It just also, I like the way at the beginning of everything, the exercises are great, but mm-hmm. at the beginning of everything, it, he's, he just begins to, to tell you a story about a practitioner. Like, mm-hmm. the practitioner is like, it's calm outside. They feel that now is the time. Yes. To- this, yes, and they take you through this journey of what yes. the individual is doing, mm-hmm. what why they're doing it, mm-hmm. and it just helps it all tie it in. Because right, I think other times people don't know where to begin when they're writing a book about it, and like, right, so what you do is this, this, and this, and it's like you can't just say that. Mm-mm. No, it's one well, isn't that funny because witchcraft is so much about how you feel too, and it's very difficult, I think, to convey in text. But Roger Horn, it really does do it. Just a great job at kind of putting yourself in the shoes of somebody, and I I find that when I read those passages, I'm like, there's a sense of like identification that you can make. I'm like, oh yeah, I felt like that before too, and it's very validating because I think it's sometimes on like on the path, you know. And I've been doing this, you know, for a while, but there's still so many moments where I'm like, oh my god, do I know what I'm doing? You know, what I mean? like I think yeah. it's a normal human function to get like really um, insecure right. sometimes, where you're like, oh shit. 
you know, or uh, you just want that sense of validation that other people are experiencing the same thing that you are. And it's so cathartic when you get to talk to other people or read texts like that. And you're like, oh, thank God. Okay. Other people are experiencing this too. That's what like, that's always super reassuring. Trapped. Oh my God. I have a book. I haven't actually read this book yet. Mm. Um, I got it when we were in England. Mm. I believe it's from a German practitioner. Mm. Oh, really? From a German practitioner from a long time ago who moved to Pennsylvania. Okay. The long, long hidden friend. <laughs> yeah. That uh, that's like a German. staple in our community. Yeah. I have it there. And yeah. I've it, but I haven't actually got around to reading Okay. It. So I can give you the deets on that book. Right. Okay. So that is an interesting thing. So that guy, he practices a tradition called Brachrai. So it's B R A U C H E R. E-I, because I know German words are fucking impossible to understand how they're spelled. Um, So that is a Pennsylvania German specific tradition, at least in that namesake. And so it stems from like a continental tradition. And in continental Germany, you'll hear it called as Brauche, which is B-R-A-U-C-H-E. But that guy who wrote that, um, Hoffman, he allegedly, we suspect, actually got a lot of the spells from his wife. Mm-hmm. So there's an interesting dynamic with like the Pennsylvania German practitioners. It's a very Christian practice. And so, oh my God, if you asked one of them, they would be completely offended at the at the even slight notion that some of the spells have a more um, non-Christian origin or from some non-Christian history. Um, because Brauchari is so Christian, um, at least many think it is um and so the way that the tradition works is like it's very well and this is kind of like a german folk magic thing too is like you're not really supposed to talk about stuff it's some people don't think you should even write spells down when you recite a spell you're supposed to do it sort of like in a low voice almost like whispering or even just like like barely audible at all um and so the author of that book allegedly you know heard some stuff from his wife or he was like taking notes and then like published it which is a huge taboo because again you're not supposed to write stuff Mm -hmm. and so a lot of the um men in those communities um beyond him like before him they had gotten in trouble for the same stuff and there's I was reading this book of something that happened in east germany and saxony of the same kind of thing i can't remember his name but it's like the grimoire is widely used still. It's not that the grimoire is like total, sh- you know, shit or anything. Um, but it's interesting just to like know that history that some of it is actually from his wife and some of it could potentially be like missing some details. Hmm. But overall, over it's not bad. Like it's not like you b- bought a bad book or anything, but it is a fascinating like background to know that this is like a historical trend of like men kind of like writing down what their wives were doing and then publishing something in a very I would never way that was counter to ta- the taboos. <laughs> it, it was a strange thing it was when whenever whenever I whenever I, we go back to uh, go to England mm-hmm. I, I order from Troy books <laughs> and it was there and it was like I want to get that it was just yeah. I was like I want to get that that sounds yeah. Interesting because I've heard people mention the long mm-hmm. so many times. I was like, I need, I need to, mm-hmm. I need to have a look. Yeah, but it's one of those things that I forget that you know, with kids, reading a book is not a simple thing anymore. No, no, literally, literally half a page, and it's like, Dad, <laughs> I'll come back to it in a few hours. <laughs> and that book is so interesting too because it's just like if your cow has gangrene, what do you do? It's like, I don't fucking care. Um, So he has a lot of spells that are like that. But again, you know, that's folk magic. That's like the nature of the beast. Um, And so it's kind of like you got to strip the concept and apply it somewhere else sometimes. Hmm. But um, yeah, that's one of like the more prominent grimoires. There's a lot of grimoires that in German folk magic, a lot of people don't really know about. Um, You kind of have to dig um but that's definitely one of the bigger ones nice i would say it's actually the most popular one okay that's that's really cool what do you want to talk about let's talk about norse pagans and how much i hate them um all right nice you want to ask that one (laughs) no so like yeah Yeah. um 
you know, however you guys want to, if you want to ask, do you want to ask the question? Yeah, you ask the question. Okay. I honestly just liked on Norse pages and how much I hate them. I was like that. We, we could can just go, go from that. there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We can just go from that. Yeah. Let's just do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I hate them. Um, And that's it. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so there's like this big thing. I think that like, if I could like, if I could just like, I don't know, like get a megaphone and walk, walk on the streets. Like I was in the Westboro Baptist church, but like saying something useful, mm-hmm. I would be telling people, you know, that fucking like Germanic and German, first of all, they're not the same thing. And so I think yeah. that this is, and it's a super easy mistake to make because German is a Germanic language. Mm-hmm. Germans are a Germanic people, but they're different because technically people from the Netherlands, people from Sweden, people from Finland, even people from fucking England are technically mm-hmm. Germanic mm-hmm. because like the word Germanic is sort of like a more encompassing, like etymological term. And so when people refer to Germanic, it technically refers to people who spoke those Germanic languages, which again mm-hmm. includes people like even, Oh my God. Um, I can't remember what language, but there's like a Scots language um, that is Germanic, which always blows my mind when I remember that. Um, but that's because the um, Anglo-Saxons came over to England and they occupied that area mm-hmm. and they brought over, um, potentially like, you know, like the queen of Elfame, she's very big in low Scotland and the low Scottish people were actually, um, that's, that's part of the area that the Anglo-Saxons came and converted and the Anglo-Saxons brought likely brought over, you know, certain aspects of their own theology, which includes the goddess, um, that I particularly venerate whose name goes as multiple names, but, um, most commonly known as Holda or Shahola. Um, and so she is basically the German queen of Elfame. Mm-hmm. if you want to say it that way in very simplistic terms that you know mm-hmm. but anyways and i think that people just forget that like german and germanic are different and so like german as a country you know hasn't existed its borders weren't finalized until 1945 so it's like we have to be careful about the language because that's one of the things that the nazis wanted to do is they wanted to pose that the germans were this like perfect you know aryan people and that they were the true germanics the true whatevers Mm -hmm. and so it's like i don't like the equating of the terms for that particular reason Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people when they get into their family history they think oh well my family was from germany so they must have been germanic pagans which means they were norse pagans it's like well norse pagan is just an iteration of that Mm -hmm. it's not the you know it's not the exclusivity it's not the you know summary of everything that was going on and so it's like where you have this goddess frigg in um you know very very far north germany and denmark and and whatnot was actually you know um more similar to a goddess named holda and actually uh holda sort of like in depending on the text that you read is is often likened to um the goddess hell who mm-hmm. is like the underworld goddess as well as frick and so kind of like these two different goddesses sort of like stem from her potentially i don't know yeah. um but yeah norse pagans it's just like it's just not, it's not the end of it, right? And I think that a lot of people think that Norse paganism is like the end-all, be-all to anything that's Germanic, and that's just not true. And I think a lot of people also forget that the um, the role that the Nazis played in, type, in perpetuating this logic. Mm-hmm. Because um, a lot of people don't realize that the uh, Nazis had a, a cultist group, like um, one of the... Uh, one of the architects of the Holocaust, Heinrich Himmler, he was an occultist and he loved, he leaned heavily into Germ- German occultism, which was a byproduct of romanticism in the 1800s. And with romanticism came nationalism. There came a rise in occultism and spiritualism. And it was uh, dated in an era of wide popular anti-Semitism. And you combine all these cultural factors and you have German occultism that the Nazis embraced and they used for their propaganda. Yeah. And they, you know, wanted to venerate, they wanted to bring back Yule and they wanted to bring back, um, you know, the idea of Ostara and all these other concepts. And they, they helped perpetuate a lot of these false notions that we have today. And like, you know, uh, completely overblowing a lot of the sacred practice of like the runes and then completely misconstruing them into, you know, something that we know now today is like the Arminid runes, which are like a modern, pseudoscientifical bullshit narrative of of runes and they they're you know the claim is that oh they're very historical when in reality they were made by a german esoterist named guido von liest well he was an austrian in the 1800s they're not historical it's bullshit and so it's just one of those things that if i could leave anybody with any information it's to note that we have to dig into the history in this particular path you know german folk magic 
has a long, beautiful history far beyond the Nazis, far beyond romanticism and, and whatnot. And it, it has those roots in animism and these old practices, but it also has a lot of bullshit and a lot of evil that stained it. And I think that if people are trying to get into anything related to that in this particular folk practice, it's about being honest about history, yeah, being honest about how fucking rampant anti-Semitism still is today in most occult practices and understanding, you know, that we have to also take an honest look at ourselves and realize that, you know, witchcraft, paganism, it's beautiful, but it's not uh, an escapist route, right? Right. Like it's not. There, there's still evil that exists in these communities. And so that's the one thing that if I could, uh, if I could gain anything from my presence online, it would be reminding people of all that. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's great advice for, especially new people coming into the community is like, just research the shit out of everything. Yes. Like mm. you said in the beginning too, people yeah. are so hung up on this, like, you know, it's like when you take a Facebook quiz or whatever, like, oh, my God, which am I? Oh, yeah. What deity is reaching out to me? Oh, yeah. Fucking none. None of them. Not a single one. Mm-hmm. They're just there. And you're just noticing them. Who are you noticing? Right. Exactly. I never understand. I, I never understand that. I will never understand why people know that. It's just the human concept. That it is. Oh, 100%. It's, 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 I get it. I think that it's an understandable human notion, but I think that it's funny when you sit and you break it down and you're like, okay, so a God that's existed since the beginning of time is mm. contact. They've sent me a memo. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, they didn't. They don't need you, and you you need them in a, in a yeah. way. Billions, yeah, so. billions of people. They looked at one and was like, "You, I need to yeah. talk to you about something." You know <laughs> You're the one, and it's always the same ones. It's not interesting. It's always mm-hmm. the same five or ten ones that are always reaching out to people. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. But all these other gods, they're just like kicking back. They're like, oh, "Fuck it," you know. I don't. They got it covered. You know, like what do people think is like? I don't understand that conceptualization at all, but. I, I have to say this. I have to say this because this this drove me mad, and no one ever seems to say it on TikTok. On TikTok, the amount of people that all of a sudden started working—I quote, "working with Loki." Right. Oh yeah. After the Marvel show Loki, aired. it's undeniable. Like undeniable. Like all of a sudden, oh Loki's really hot and charming and witty, and all no. of a sudden, like oh no. Loki got in touch with me because a fly landed on my hand. No, my biggest flex is that there's no record of germ of uh, Loki existing in Germany. That's my biggest flex. I'm like, <laughs> not in my house. Not, but not. I mean, he's all. I mean, really, when you like, when you actually get into like the study of Loki and the place, the, the role that he plays in, like that, this antagonistic sense of like, even including in like how they perceive like the changing of seasons and his role in that. Like, I, there's like a fascinating aspect of it. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I just also, I, I can't mentally deal with this because it's so grating. Every other fucking video is about Loki sending me spiders. I'm like, is your house clean? Yeah. Clean your house. <laughs> right, it's a spider. It's not a big, it's like if, if a deer leapt through your window, <laughs> and thrashing around, yeah, that, like jabbed you with its antler and you're laying there bleeding. Oh, the yeah. Floor, and then yeah. blood formed a room. <laughs> on the floor you may then have a, you may be right fine, right yeah, yeah 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 i just and it goes back to something you know this un this remarkable human desire to want to identify and like have all these ways that you can describe yourself and i think it's totally understandable and normal for a human to want to do that but we've definitely taken it to an extent where it's just like wow you're bringing the sacred and profane into this desire for self-identification and validation and it's just like you don't necessarily need to do that you probably should find that validation in yourself and then also you're valid you're valid as you are now you're a part of the you're part of humanity you're part of the earth you contribute every single day to the society and the communities around you that's fucking beautiful yeah. and you don't need a goddamn god to validate what that within you yeah. if you feel identified with one then fucking lean into that that's cool fine but don't make things out into these broad yeah. amazing gestures when it's just like I feel like that just puts so much pressure on the whole thing. It puts pressure on you. It puts pressure on the situation. Just relax. You know, it's everybody real. needs to just calm down. Uh, it's a slippery slope, guys. Yeah, <laughs> people, seem, people do seem so worried sometimes about like, 
I feel like yeah. something's reaching out, but I don't know. And it's like you're creating so much oh, yeah. anxiety from this. Yes. You know, that you're never going to even get a message, even if there wasn't right. there. Right, right. Well, and it's, and I think, and I think it's such an easy, like, kind of thing to get, you know, fall into because it, as you scroll, it's like you start to be like, oh my God, am I missing something? Am I the only one that's out of the zeitgeist, you know? And that's disconcerting a little bit sometimes where you're like, am I, am I the problem? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. huh? Yeah. What's going on? But then you, it's just like, you, that. that's my biggest complaint from witch talk, I think, is just sometimes I, you really have to take a step back and do a reality check and be like, okay, this is only describing a cultural phenomenon that's existing in this circle, whether people want to say that or not, you know, if you can't find this phenomenon elsewhere, then it's likely a phenomenon exclusive to this particular niche and community. Yeah. And that absolutely is one that's on witch talk where it's this, this desire to be like, I don't know. And then like, and, <laughs> and then like leave offerings out for fucking months. And it's like, Oh my God, look at this petrified apple on my altar. I'm like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> throw it away like i think it's good like just all these just bizarre notions i think that people have and again i think it's coming from perfectly valid perfectly understandable you know human experiences but it does get crazy out of hand sometimes (laughs) some of the things like like you said people people will leave out like libations on their often never guess tomorrow most of it was uh, yesterday i looked and now today most of it's gone. It's like, yeah, it's evaporation. <laughs> what, like, Science. What <laughs> what? Okay. Or it's like, <laughs> sometimes it's like, I had, I had a moment where I, I try to pour a water libation. Like, mm. um, I'm not going to say how often I do it and then how often I should do it. Um, <laughs> but like, or at least how often I feel like I should do it, you know, as a, as a devotional act, whatever. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because like I, I poured it and I was like, oh wow, this hasn't evaporated as much. It's like, oh, this is different. And then I was like, it's winter. Mm. <laughs> so there's not as much heat to yeah. evaporate the water. Right. Science. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Reality check. But yeah, so it's like it's always important to compare against like the mm. seasonal differences. Like, okay, what is what was this typically like in the winter or whatever? You know, just yeah mundane yeah. the mundane we yeah. we check each other all the time which is oh, oh yeah and yeah. you'll be like i think you're acting you're looking into this a little too hard. oh my god and you know it that's the funny thing that i think it's so <laughs> i think that's why community is so fucking important i think because you really need somebody to check you before you get unhinged i think that's the conversation a lot of people aren't prepared to talk about i think yeah especially in the online communities it's just how how unchecked yeah, how easy it is to spiral yeah. to the point where it's like, I'll see some just the most heinous shit I've seen all day in, in my fucking life on mm. which talk. And I'm like, and then you open the comments and everybody's like, oh, that's so cool for you. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Are you kidding me right now, dude? Like <sighs> Apollo said that I can, that I can um, vet any spirit that comes to me. What are you even talking about? What are you? How, what? Spiritual psychosis. That doesn't make any. That makes no fucking sense. Why? And then to vet, or like, you know, like, oh, I'll offer a deity confirmation for you, and it's like, well, do you work with them? Do you know them? Do you can you recognize them when you? Oh no, I'm like, then what are you doing? That's yeah. weird. A little bizarre to me. I mean, you know, whatever. Like, I think that you can, like, recognize, like, certain energetic patterns, but, like, to be, like, right. this is definitively Loki reaching out to you. Like, that's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I yeah. don't know. I think it's just, it's all very intense. And then, I, I don't know. Kind of reminds me of that high magic thing, too, where everybody's just trying to yeah. seem super powerful. And I'm super cool. I'm in the cool club, you know, whatever. I think it's I important. Know. And I think Frankie said this recently, Chaotic Witch Ant. And I mm-hmm. think what they said was something along the lines of like, I, I prefer people to say in my opinion about everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you just, if you fall down this, like you talked about slippery slope of defense, this is definitely Apollo. You can be like, I think in my opinion, it feels like Apollo or I, right. 
this is the traits of right. No, like, definitely. Yeah, we have such a need for certainty <laughs> in humanity, and it's like some things just aren't fucking certain, you know. And you, as a human, you're fallible. Like yeah. you're, I don't care how fucking good of a witch you are, you're a fallible human being, and you have your own biases that run unchecked. It's just human nature. That's totally natural. Absolutely. And it's not even fucking about knowing about Frigg or about hell. Mm -hmm. It's about knowing history sometimes too. And it's an amazing thing that people, I don't think seem to remember. It's like, do you know how many deities have been lost by their names over time that sometimes you won't know their name. And sometimes it's also not a deity. Sometimes it could very much be a particular land spirit or whatever, or a fucking ancestor. It's your grandma. You know what I mean? Who knows? (laughs) Like, holy shit, you've got family. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you just never know. I, it's definitely, I love Frankie, such a, such a swell person. I really do like, I mean, saying in my opinion or in my experience, I think that that's such a good rule. Oh, Absolutely. Well, we've come to the end. We've come to the end. <laughs> Is there anything you want to promote? Um... Go vote if your state's in a runoff. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm this. I'm shit at this shit. Um, <laughs> you have a uh, you have I you. do. Yeah. Okay. If you want to. Okay. If you want to learn about German <laughs> folk magic, I like to think I know a little bit. Um, and I have a Patreon. You can learn a little bit on that Patreon. Yeah. I have a YouTube because I have a incessant need for providing information to people. Mm-hmm. Um, because we live in an age of information and yet we live in an age of misinformation as well. Um, So I have a YouTube with some more long form content than my typical shit on TikTok. Um, So if you want to follow me there, but yeah, generally on most platforms, I am a hearth witch. I am, I think I'm a hold a witch on Instagram. Don't follow, don't follow me there. I don't post anything. Um, (laughs) That's useless. If you want to see my hot takes, I'm on Twitter. I don't fucking know my username actually. I think it's a hold of which I don't know. If you want to see my obscene opinions about the world, you can follow me on Twitter, I guess. But mostly I'm on Patreon and I'm on YouTube and those are the platforms that are more educational. Um, So yeah. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook as The Antlered Crown or on YouTube as Elwyn the Witch. I offer a variety of readings including bone, tarot, medium, connection as well as spiritual consultations which are done live and scheduled via Zoom. I am also offering spell work and mm-hmm. custom merchandise all of which you can find on my website theantlercrown.com. You can also join our community on Patreon and get access to our Discord server, group meetings, one-on-ones with Elwyn, tutorials, discounts and other goodies depending on the tier level you choose. Speaking of which, here is our Antler Crown patron shout out for the month. Leslie and Willie! Thank you. <laughs> Next time we'll be talking more about hex magic. Hex! <laughs> yes, often sex ends in a fart. It does. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And always remember to be a witch, bitch. Bye. Bye. <laughs>